Also known as Nara, and we're going to kick off by listening to her song mm-hmm, from her EP Tide, which you can find on Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. I'm really excited about this episode one because I love Debbie's music, and I mean, okay, you listen to it, just about listen to it yourself. a bit about yourself what you do um your star sign (laughs) um so my name is debbie um i am a singer my my what my artist name is nara um so these days i go by debbie slash nara because people know me differently um i'm a singer i'm also a phd student at the moment um and those two things kind of take up most of my life for now Mm. i am my star sign is I'm a Virgo. Yes. Yes. Like Beyonce. Yes, like <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, so already I think in that introduction we can see what like such a complex individual that you are. <laughs> a PhD student and an artist, you know, and just an overall like person. How do you balance those three things and what has been your relationship with um yeah like what takes precedence if any at all like between those oh okay um i think for the most part i try to let my personhood take precedence Mm. before my work Mm -hmm. um both my academic work and my music work um i don't know i often feel like it's easy to become like a representation of something especially with twitter and like people sort of 
I've made a lot of friends online and so I've, I feel like I've spent a lot of my life online mm. so I'm very like wary about what we represent to others versus who we actually are um, so a big part of I guess when I'm thinking about myself through my work is to not think about myself through my work um, you know and and I you know I'm, I'm, I'm it's intentional that I say work because it's my work you know that's for now you know that's how I get paid my PhD is my job um, I would like my music to become a job. So those things are part of me, but they're not sort of who I am necessarily. Like they're a big part of how I move through the world. But I try very much to not make it my personality or to not to not make them like encompass who I am or how I feel. So that's the first thing. Um, but in terms of like actual nitty gritty day to day, definitely my academic work takes precedence. Um, I'm still, I'm only, I'm going to my second year, so um, I'm still in coursework, which means I'm still taking a lot of classes, I'm taking a lot of, I'm doing a lot of reading, I'm trying to read every fucking thing. Um, We can curse on this shit, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm just reading a lot of things all the time, and just trying to keep up, and trying to avoid white supremacy, and yeah, so... My academic life really, I think, I would say is like the biggest thing in my life at the moment. Um, I think I would want my music to be the biggest thing in my life. But for now, I can do it when I have time and when I'm in Accra. Um, But I do spend a ton of time thinking about my music and what I want it to sound like and what I want it to be. Um, So sometimes it's weird juggling those things, you know. Sometimes it's... um, Sometimes I'm just like, who am I? Like, Charlie, what am I even doing, man? Um, but I think for me, um, thinking about them as things I do and not as who I am is actually what keeps me grounded. Mm. Yeah. I feel that. Oh, my goodness. I, <laughs> so my dad, he said you're a Virgo. My dad is also, well, he's a Virgo moon. Mm-hmm. And even on my way to do this podcast, um, he was like, so, so when do you make the money from it? And I was like, Sarah, like, <laughs> you know, also just let it breathe. Like, let it. Let oh, he asked you about money that quick. <laughs> that quick. And, you know, is, <laughs> is, um, and I, I mean, I do, I do, what's the word? Appreciate the practical push. Um, but I also, I 100% relate to what you say about letting your personhood come first. Um, whereas I would say the kind of how he approaches it as like a protective and, you know, loving father is okay. Yeah. So how is this thing that you're doing going to lead uh, yeah, to this? Monetized. Going to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm also like, I'm just, I'm just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So I hundred percent relate to that. That's something I've been thinking about more. I just hadn't had mm-hmm. the words for it. So I really like that Aww, you said mm-hmm. that. And how often are you in Accra? Um. So it's been I. It's been seven years since I left Accra, mm. and so it's been pretty on and off in those seven years. Um, I think for the first maybe four, five years, I came every year and a half, mm. but then I was away for two and a half years, so that was the longest I'd been away. But then in the last year, I've come three times, so it's kind of been sporadic. I haven't really had a pattern. Um, but the last year, I mean, I've been here three times in one year, and it's felt very different because it means that I've only had like I've been away like four months at a time Mm. so yeah it's just different from being away for two and a half years 
Like it just it feels. I think I, f- I almost feel like my relationship to my place in the city has changed a little bit over the last three years. How so? Um, I guess. I mean, and a lot of it also has to do with the fact that I'm growing older. Mm. <laughs> um, but I guess your own apartment. You know, I have my own apartment. <laughs> Shout out to Ellie, <laughs> my, my housemate. <laughs> um, so I think um, you, coming back. At least in the last year, coming back um, three times in, in in just one year makes me feel um, like obviously I'm here a lot more. So then I feel like I'm still in the know. I'm more in the know than I was when I was away for two and a half years. But at the same time, it makes me realize how much I've been away. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes I feel like, or at least when I used to come like a year and a half or like, at least when I did the big two years thing. Um, I think you're really like, at least for me, I was so overwhelmed by being away for so long that when I came back, I just wanted to just like be, I just wanted to feel like I was at home, you know? But now I'm more okay with just being like, I don't really, there are parts of the city I don't know or don't understand. Um, you know, because I don't feel as, I think, distant from it. Mm maybe in the last year I haven't felt as distant from it so I'm more accepting of the things I'm distant from whereas maybe when I was also younger and I had just left I think I was struggling a lot with my relationship to the city or to the country because I felt like I had just left and people were questioning whether I was from here anyway and I was kind of like wait what the hell like I grew up here um so it was more tenuous for me, you know. And then you're not back for two years. And you're like, yo, I'm so happy to be home. Because, you know, two years is a long ass time. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, yeah. So, whereas in the last couple months, it's like, okay. Like, I was here four months ago. Now I'm back. Um, starting to be like a regular. Yeah, I'm starting to be eyes. a regular. Yeah, but then, yes. And then I think for me, also, it's like, then it makes, I feel like I have less to contest. Because mm. it's like, oh, yeah, I was here in December. I came for that thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I was here this one time. And I don't know. I think also as an adult, or I guess now I call myself an adult, um, I care less, you know? I'm like, okay, so what? Like, maybe you think I'm not from here, you know? I don't know. But I I care less. And so I'm I'm less um, stressed out about having about being from here than i was than i was when i first left for college yeah how do you feel like that has affected your mental health or state of being when you're in a crowd this like letting go right um i think i mean i get lost in my thoughts a lot so i think one like i spend less time thinking about where I'm from in Accra like I just spend less time sort of like thinking about it or paying attention to it um I guess in terms of my mental health with regards to this particular conversation um hmm let me see I think maybe like three or four years ago when I felt more like lost in the source about you know 
people sort of insinuating that I wasn't from here, even though I was like, I'm clearly not from the US. I've only been here three years. You know, I think it was hurtful. I think that there were things about it that felt hurtful. And I think also at the time, that was when I was trying to figure out like what type of music to even make. And so like the style of my music became a big part of like what I identified as and what mm. I saw myself as because then it was like reflected in it some way somehow. You know, can you sing in tree? Can you write in tree? Are you going to do Afrobeats? Are you going to do highlight? Are you going to do, you know, just like a whole endless sort of barrage of questions. And so I think I just had like some anxiety about it. And as I was telling you earlier, like I kind of self-implode. So it was very internal. Um, and it wasn't because it wasn't like a day to day conversation. It wasn't necessarily affecting my overall mental health, but it made conversations around Ghanaian identity. It made me have some anxiety around them um, in a way that now is just sort of like, you know, like I go into an Uber like last summer when I was here and the driver was playing high life and i started singing and the guy was like i thought you yeah you listen to hip-hop and i was like what like why you know i know why he said that obviously but then we have this conversation and i'm like i'm like i even have this like cover out that's doing really well and it's all in tree and he's like what really and so i sent him the link and then he calls me after he left and then he's like i've seen this video before i've seen your song before on whatsapp yeah yeah, on whatsapp you know and and so like it's just this thing of I think now it feels more like a performance for me. That one that I'm comfortable with is like, okay, I don't know, question my Ghanaian-ness or don't question it. Um, I don't know. If you seeing me having a whole last cover from Dasabur on YouTube makes mm. you feel better about who you think I am, then fine. Like, I don't really care about it as much. Um, I think I, I'm just comfortable with however I get read mm. um, or... I'm I'm comfortable with like the things that that made me feel uncomfortable or made me feel dislocated. Yeah. Yeah. Something I really love to witness in people who have like who are growing into themselves is that letting go. And that's something that we've talked about already, but also in relation to your creative process how do you let go? How do you not like stress out or get too much into your mind about what you're creating or what people will think about what you're creating and all the hundred little thoughts that you could right. possibly be having? I'm, the first thought I had was, where's Kuvi? Because <laughs> um, Kuvi is a person I work with most when I'm in Accra. And the first time I worked with any artist like in the same space it was with Kuvi and he had just written the beat and then he's like okay write to the beat and I'm like what like I'm just supposed to like write right now like <laughs> right now like, and this was like in, this was last it was just a year ago mm. and I was like super anxious about this and I ended up writing a song and um, I think I used to write I mean I still write poetry but I came I was writing poetry before I started writing mm-hmm. music and there's this like like poetry can feel so deliberate like it's like you're making all these like theoretical Mm. and like conceptual moves like with your freaking punctuation you know (laughs) and so that's how I used to write and so when I started writing music I was like okay like it's just like writing poetry 
um but maybe just not as intense but i still had that intensity i was still like it has to be perfect like it has to fit here you know i i was like super obsessive about how to write my songs um but that has changed so much in the last year um i write much faster and it's like i can write anything like i think i've also allowed i've started really thinking about how like pronunciation and form and like mm. all these things affect how lyrics sound because you're actually sounding the lyrics so you're not just writing them so if i say like i liked the way you look it sounds very simple but how are you gonna sing it mm -hmm. and so that has like removed some of the pressure i'm like literally i could say anything shout out to santi like yes. i could say anything like i could be like i saw that cup on the table and i just wanted a glass of water and you and know it's a, and it's a banger you know it's relatable. like yeah like you can just you can just like make up words literally like rema i don't know like you know you could just make up like any word any words and and it's a song and so i think like leaning into music music as a form like leaning into sound got me away from like write like the intensity of writing yes um yeah so that's sort of that has changed for me and also collaborating with other artists like just being like i'm gonna flow like seeing how other artists work like seeing how like listening to things just being like and i think especially who i hope this is not going to become a long rambling thought mm. but <laughs> i think you know like absolutely i used to listen to that most of my the music i used to listen to was like so r&b um and then obviously afrobeats and i think that often like even when i was this is like when i was younger but maybe as recent as three four years ago um that there's a sense that like you know afrobeats like means nothing it's not deep it's not going anywhere you know the deep songs are the ones that you know, the lyrics are like this and intense and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I think that, like, I see what people mean when they make those kind of, like, distinctions. But at the same time, like, there's a real freedom in Afrobeats as a genre that people take for granted. Mm. Like, the fact that you can, like, really make up your own lyrics. Like, yes. you know, it's and a then freedom. And it can become a global... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Patapa or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a real freedom with that. And, um... And it's genius, you know. And so I think, like, I also, I also, I listen to a ton. I listen to Afrobeats like all the time, honestly. So I realized that I had to also pay attention to. I had to pay attention to where all my influences were coming from. Like, I couldn't just sort of be like lyrics, and they have to be heavy, and they have to be, you know. So that has freed me up. Like, I could write anything, you know. Like, I could write about a teaspoon, mm. um, and like it would be fun. So yeah. <laughs> That is amazing. And I, that's something I have been trying more as of late. So Little Plug just finished a program called Black Girls Glow. <laughs> and that is um, art residency for six women creatives, six Ghanaian women creatives. We go away for the week and in that amount of time, write, record, and produce an album. And so we just released it. Actually, it's on SoundCloud, Boomtown, and Afterplay. I think I made up that streaming platform <laughs> name. Afterplay? It's on SoundCloud. <laughs> it's on Play, SoundCloud. girl, Afterplay. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and yeah, that in itself, I was even telling um, Donna before you came, 
was very new for me like what you're talking about with poetry yes you know you're thinking okay this is it means this the way i put this word here then i have this comma and then it's, all this going no, for on real. but it's like no it's and also even the fact that with poetry there is this kind of idea that oh if it rhymes you know it's kind of like it's cliche yeah, it's or it's cliche, old so like we're past we're past rhymes but with with lyrics it's like just write it's like let's just can you just <laughs> say something yeah and that was a whole learning experience for me and not feeling so um boxed in and kind of also letting my first thought running with my first thought and even outside of just like the creative process i think it it did allow me for it did allow me to trust myself more right because i was having to do it all week and that's something that i'm still trying to do that's something i'm trying to do even right now with this podcast is like right. just trust your first thought right. you've done it before right and um it's kind of to me it's like that that process of automatic writing that's always interested me when people just you just go yeah just with a pen just keep writing um yeah i'm i'm always in awe of that and and then that that surrender is yeah. something that it is it's easier on my mind yeah, yeah. and um so yeah i mean that being said how do you feel about the way that we approach conversations of mental health and wellness in Accra. I'm not sure like what your experience has been with that. Yeah, hmm. in Accra, or in Ghana more specifically, but I guess Accra is um Yeah, I mean yeah what I can speak to. Yeah. Well we know. Um that's hmm. that's a hard one because I I think one, like especially with the phrase mental health, like I think I don't know how I guess like people talk about it like in the newspapers for example mm. uh, or on radio for example yeah. I don't know if they use the term mental health mm-hmm. but where I see that term used is on Twitter obviously so I think that's one thing too is like Accra like the Accra I know on Twitter I think that's one thing um, and I mean I feel like I've seen a lot of good um, initiatives on there I think mm. his name is Prince Poetry Prince. Yes, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I went to an event last summer which is pretty good I don't I forget like the name um, and so I just see a lot of sort of tweets, like people sort of discussing it as as a normal, like, you know, as something that everyone goes through. Yeah. Um, and as something that should be an integral part of our lives. Like, we have to think about this sort of day-to-day. It's in our interactions, it's in our relationship to ourselves, our family, all these other things. Um, wait, the question was, how do I see it spoken about yeah yeah so i think on that front it definitely seems like supportive from what i've seen um supportive and um it also feels new you know i think that it it seems like something that's like people are new as in in the last two to three years so that's also my sense of is that it's new and it could sort of like expand into several different things um in accra in general uh, I guess thinking like family-wise, like mm. people I know are bringing X, Y, Z. Um, I feel as though like there's definitely like a language that people use to talk about being like emotionally unwell. Yeah, you know, like when people are grieving, when somebody did something that some 
someone that hit them, you know, when like somebody was hit by a family, you know, I feel like even like a lot of the stuff that we would see like on Gallywood movies or Nollywood movies where it's like there's some conflicts, you know, someone's father said blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like people are not going to use the language like mental health to actually like discuss what's happening. But like you clearly see the girl on the TV sad and then her friends, her friend comes to the room and be like, you know, Amma, won't you get up and go with us? Forget him. You know what I mean? Like, those those kinds of, like, you know, it's like, okay, like, we know you're, we acknowledge you're sad. You know, I feel like where, what I, I feel like growing up, what I saw was, we know you're sad or we acknowledge you're sad. As what if, do we do with Exactly. This? Even, like, for my, fa- for my parents, for example, you know, it's like, I know you're upset. I know you're having a hard time. I know you're blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think it's the what next that often you know, falls through the gaps. Yeah. Um, because maybe the what next is like a motivational speech or like maybe a shift in perspective. I think I think a lot of it is like advice, you know, as it puts mm. it, advice. Or a so, lecture. Yes, or a lecture, right? Oh, getting, you know, <laughs> some people will respond with then anger, not know right. how to respond. Exactly, right. Or, you know, church it away or mm. go to, you know, or just like, it's just like a whole range of different things. And so... um I think that's how I've that's how I've I understood it when I was growing up was um and I think also with that often people sort of think about it as reactionary to a situation mm. and so then for people that actually have mental illnesses the conversation like becomes like even more difficult to have because it's sort of like okay something happened and you're in a bad place now how do we now get over it or now we think you should do x or y or z but when yeah. it's sort of like more illness, like maybe more chronic, more proche- more like you know longer, um, I think that's really where clearly um, we sort of don't have don't have know yeah, how to respond exactly. So yeah, yeah, that's something that I'm definitely still navigating in Accra. And I will say with family, um, it's also I guess the more that. I talk about it with specifically my parents, um, the more that they also understand and then are able to respond um, appropriately (laughs) and not, I would say like in the past when I was younger, be like, oh, you're sad, Hmm. pray. (laughs) 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 Or just like, oh, you know, just get over it, but are able to not only empathize, but also see it in themselves, also be kind to themselves and recognize what they have felt as well. And, yeah. and I think that's, yeah. that has been for me, yeah. um, something I've been glad about is that it's also made them more aware of their own mental health. Yeah. And even I'm thinking of my, um, one of my younger sisters, very anxious, just a teen going through her, her angsty phase. But also, um, even though I, even though it is, contextual to her stage in life i do think that it should still be respected as um, like her current emotional state yeah and i was really pleased to see my parents um actually engage with that get her therapist and it wasn't like oh you know mommy is just but okay so she's stressed because she's going to new school and she wants to make friends and this is a valid yeah um concern and also we may not personally have the range or <laughs> we personally may not um want to not want to meet we may not be able to support her in this way and so let's 
find someone who can talk to exactly. everybody. And I don't think it has to be a formal exactly. therapy in that way. Before it was just a family friend right. that they would give her to talk to right. so she could have that space too. But even thinking about making the space for... Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's something that I would like yeah. to see more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking, like when you said space, I'm thinking uh, some of it is also just like pausing, like allowing people, allowing us to pause mm-hmm. and be like, okay, like everything is not great. Um, we need to pause and figure out like what to do or we need to pause and like let the person be where they are. Yeah. Right? Like just like making space for that. I think that's like one of the more difficult things it's like there's no pause mm-hmm. right yeah or to even like acknowledge like what's your current emotional state yeah 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 so that being said um so before you say goodbye can you tell us one way that you look after yourself right um hmm one way i look after myself I think maybe recently I've been trying to I've been trying to really like assess like what I want in that moment or what I need in that mm. moment like and for me that requires like like really paying attention to like my emotions mm. so it's like maybe I have to be somewhere at two or three or whatever and I have like and you know ideally I should be excited about going but like I just I sense that there's a weird like nagging feeling in my butt in my head or my chest or my heart or whatever so then making the time to pause and be like okay mixed feelings what's going on why do you feel weird and like just taking like 15-20 minutes to be like oh right I feel weird about this thing because of that Mm. Um, and then it's like okay well how can I deal with this is it something that I can offer like fresh perspective on to help me get through that meeting or is it something that I feel like I need to withdraw from or is it something that I can understand that I can't I don't have the power to change at the moment yeah but say I will have to come back to it later and so just like making that like just pausing I think just like in date this is like more day-to-day stuff um just pausing especially if I have mixed feelings or if I'm having difficult particularly difficult feelings about Mm. something in particular just pausing so I can pull out what exactly is going on and then try to figure out a way to handle it. Maybe it's a thing I have to talk about long term. Maybe it's something I can put away for now. Maybe it's something I um, I can sort of talk myself through. So, yeah. Yeah. Self-check-ins yeah. are important. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, where can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make up a streaming service like me. But. Um, so, I... On Instagram, you can follow me on Nara Music, um, and on Twitter, I'm, I'm back on Twitter. Yeah. With uh, my name is Equia underscore Intriwa. Um, I don't really tweet there that often, so honestly, you don't really have to follow me. Um, <laughs> but do follow my Instagram. Um, yeah. Follow my music. I have a lot of good stuff coming out soon. So, yeah. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Debbie. Uh, nice having you thanks bye bye (laughs) this episode's card is the hanged man the hanged man in the major arcana is one of 24 steps to human enlightenment or as i like to describe it your personal growth 
And the hangman is the stage in which you need to take some time out to pause. This episode is called The Art of Surrender, which is all about taking time to reflect on what it is that you want and what it is that you need. It often represents a setback, be it, um, it can be health-wise or physical, but more and more positively, how I like to see it is making space for you to take your time. And so Debbie talks a bit about how she does this in her creative process and the hangman asks us to think about how we can take time in our own lives out of our busy schedules. This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Hi, Hi guys. guys, I'm Corey. And I'm Thandi and we're from the GCR Network. GCR Live is a live podcasting event happening at Front Back, right. November 2nd, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's going to have all your favorite podcasts from After the Whistle, After Work Special, and Cecilia Croft. As well as The Other Room, Sex and Sanity, Free Your Mind, and many more. Now remember, again, it's happening here at From Back on the 2nd of November from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And it's absolutely free, free. but you have to remember to RSVP by the 1st of November. We'd love to have you, so please be here. Yeah, what do you think? You don't know the carry man flies. Trouble to sleep, you for shine your eye. Make you no envy another man's eye. You for what you miss when I finish your race.